strike time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you once again from the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona. And if you're tuned to our show live on the Indians Radio Network, we will have baseball on the radio this afternoon. The Indians taking on the Angels over in Tempe, Arizona. And then tomorrow, more baseball too as a St. Patty's Day special against the Reds. That's uh, both games at uh, 4 o'clock or so, right around that time frame, Eastern Time, and we'll have them both on the Indians Radio Network for you. Coming up on this week's show, we'll hear from Tribe Manager Terry Francona, who talks about the latest round of roster cuts for the Indians. We will also visit with uh, one of the newest Cleveland Indians trying to make this ball club, and at least for right now, looks like it it is an uphill battle for him, but certainly a name to, to keep an eye on is Jordan Luplo, acquired from the Pittsburgh Pirates during the offseason. We'll also hear from Indians reliever Dan Otero. But we begin this week's show joined by Carlos Carrasco, Indians starting pitcher who's part of that outstanding rotation. Carrasco coming off a 17-win season a year ago, an earned run average of 3.38, and he has certainly vaulted himself into the upper echelon of starting pitchers in Major League Baseball. And when we visited with Carlos earlier this spring, he talked about why he looks forward to spring training and uh, how great it is to start that process once again of getting to know everyone and preparing for a season. You know, I'm just coming here to see uh, uh, my teammates and uh, a lot of new faces now here. But uh, it's what it is, you know, just coming here, get ready for the season. So we're going to be here for a month and a half. So just getting our, our body ready, our arm, to get to the long season. You mentioned a lot of new faces, but your group, the, the starting rotation, they're the same guys. And, and what does that mean to you to, to be able to come back and, and be in that place where there's been so much success, not only for yourself, but for, for the other guys in the rotation? It means a, uh, a lot to us uh, to keep it the same guys. Uh, everyone knows we, we lost a lot of guys, so and then we got uh, a lot of guys to the back. But just to have the five guys in the rotation is good. So just coming here in spring training, enjoy those guys. So I think it's something really important, what we had in there. And do those other, is it fair to say that, that other pitchers in the rotation can help you or, or is it really just such an individual thing that, that it's up to you or do you get help from, from the other guys in the rotation? We get help from everyone. So that's why uh, for the last four years, every summer we throw bullpen so we have to go there so we can help uh, uh, another guy who's throwing bullpen. Because uh, sometimes I throw my bullpen and I don't know what I'm doing with my arm, mechanic, or something like that, but I have those guys behind me and the pitching coach too, 
car and uh, they can say something so we can learn from everyone it's the same way so sorry the different ways uh, everyone is different like Bauer he throw I don't know how many pitches he throw Kluber uh, Bieber uh, Clevinger myself so we are different but we learn something together when you look at, at durability you're a workhorse you've been able to haul innings, pile up innings, and, and be successful. Um, but you do it a little bit differently in the offseason preparing. I know some uh, players and pitchers are locked in on staying in their routine and all that. You love to, to get away and, and go to different places. Why does that work for you? What are the benefits there that work for you? You know what? First, uh, this is a long season. We spend eight months together. I just want to spend time with my family. So I think that's something that I... Every time when I go on vacation with my family, it's just for there. Um, I think it's something really special to, to have a lot of time with them. So at the same time, I just go there, but I never, I never forget to, to do my, my stuff. Even I can run throwing now, but uh, I can start, I, I start doing all my stuff over there too. So. And it is something that, that you're comfortable with that, so it works for you and, and the ball club is fine with that when, when you come back here to spring training? You know what, I've been doing that for the last four years. So it's been, it's been working, so I rest a little bit more. Um, but I think, like I said before, I think it's something really special to have that time with, with my family. We've talked about it before in this off season, but I think it bears repeating because it's, um, unusual I think in today's game at times uh, you signed a contract to stay with the Indians and why was why was that something you wanted to get done why is it important for you to stay here as long as you can I say this before this is family so this organization they gave me opportunities to play in baseball uh, from day one in 2009 when I got a trade here so uh, the opportunity came, so and and I said that. So I just want to stay here, be powerful. Uh, the Cleveland Indians. What were some of the things that that they did to help you get to the major leagues and become the pitcher that you have become? Because when you first arrived, I know you still had some development to do. You know what? I have a lot of people to uh, for that time. They helped me a lot. I think it was in 2014. So I started the season kind of. Uh, a little bit bad uh, the first month in April and uh, Tito, Mickey Galloway, so they made the right decision to send me to the bullpen and that's why everything came. So from that point to now I've been veteran pitcher. You mentioned that time, I mean that's five years ago now. Uh, five years ago, and, that's right. But it seems like to you that's still a very firm memory and, and why is that you think? You know what? Because it's something that helped me a lot. So, yeah, you say five years ago, uh, but I remember that was yesterday. But uh, it's something I never forget because that, that helped me a lot. So it improved my pictures, improved like myself, like the type of picture that I am right now. So because uh, everything went from one point to another, you know, from the starting rotation to the bullpen for. I think almost four months, something like that, and they came back to the rotation, so there was uh, even better. So my uh, velo 
it was a little bit higher. I don't know where that thing come from. So there was like 92 to 94 when I started in April in 2014. When again in August, so there was like 95 to 97. So there was something they clicked in in my mind. So they sent me to the bullpen. I don't know what to do there. So I don't know what, uh, what kind of situation I'm gonna pitch. So I can go maybe one pitch, I can go maybe one inning or two innings. Um, you have to be ready for any of those uh, situations. When they came back to the rotation, they were way different. It's interesting because of, of all the coaches on a staff, I feel like sometimes the bullpen coach gets lost in the shuffle of, of coaches that people know because they're out front and center. But did Kevin Cash have, have a huge impact in your <clears throat> career because he was the bullpen coach when, when you were moved to the pen? Yeah, that's, uh, he helped me a lot. He's one of the main guys over there. So Tito and, and Mickey Galloway, so they made the decision to send me over there. So uh, Kevin Cash was there. So he's the one um, I talk to every day. Every day from day one to the last day that I was in the bullpen, I say every day, I'm ready. I'm ready to go back. I'm ready. I'm ready. Say, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. So uh, for the first part, I didn't understand why he said, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. But in the end, I said, okay, uh, I think I'm ready now. And one day I didn't say anything to him and that he told me, you're ready now. And actually he went and talked to Tito and said, no, he's ready. So they sent me back to the rotations. I think he was one of the bigger impact in, uh, in the bullpen. So he teach me a lot. A lot I, got, um, I asked a lot of questions to him, to another guys in the bullpen too. So I have a, a lot of guys to help me for, for getting from point one to point two. So I think there was a lot of people involved in that. Circling back to where we started about the changes for this year's team. Mm -hmm. um, you've been here maybe a, a week or so, pitchers and catchers reporting. Um, What's it like in that clubhouse with, with so many different guys? And how do you kind of try and speed up the process of getting to know some of the new players? You know what, is, uh, first is a lot of energy in there. A lot. Um, a lot of new faces. I know everyone already because uh, that's what I like to do. I want, I want to know my teammates. I want to know who, uh, who's around us. So everyone knows here who I am, so I just playing around, um, you guys know. So that's why I know those guys, but I'm, I'm really happy to be here to um, to compete with them. So I think it's something really special to be here. Is it sometimes funny to you that you're now the veteran guy after maybe a lot of years looking up to some, some older players who are veteran guys? I, I don't feel that way. I just feel <laughs> another guy to, to the group. And that's, that's the way that I feel. That's Indian starting pitcher, Carlos Carrasco. Stay tuned, more to come as we continue with Tribe Talk from Arizona on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona. And uh, the weather's starting to warm up here mid-spring and not much time left for the Indians here in Arizona. In fact, uh, once we turn the corner after tomorrow's game here in Goodyear against the Reds, 
The Indians head into their final week of camp here in Arizona. They will break camp a week from Sunday after their game against the White Sox. Head to Texas for two games, exhibition games, and then open the season Thursday, March the 28th in Minneapolis against the Twins. Hoping to be on that roster but facing an uphill battle is outfielder Jordan Luplo, acquired in the offseason from the Pittsburgh Pirates in exchange for utility man Eric Gonzalez, some minor leaguers in that deal as well. Luplo's had some major league time in each of the past two seasons, and he's been off to a slow start here this spring. Late this week, had a good ball game right here in Goodyear with uh, a booming double, a bases-clearing double, and uh, several hard-hit balls. So maybe things turning for him, but uh, even if he doesn't make the opening day roster, certainly provides some outfield depth for the Tribe. And uh, when you talk to Jordan Luplo, and we did earlier this spring, he talks about how sometimes trades are, are not the easiest thing to work through, but uh, it's something that, uh, while it didn't take him necessarily by surprise, it's still a shock when it happens. Um, there was a lot of mixed emotions at first. Um, you know, happy, sad, excited, um, you know, a little bit betrayed, but it's part of the business. Uh, and I had some, some close friends there with me to, to guide me through the process and tell me, you know, I think this is a good opportunity for you. This is going to be good, and, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. So you, you get to spring training. I know you were at Tribe Fest, which I'm sure was helpful to, to get to meet new teammates. Um, how difficult is it to, to try and fit in and feel comfortable at some point? Yeah, it's a little awkward at first because, uh, you know, you're walking through the hotel and, you know, you may notice a guy here or there, or maybe he looks like, you know, one of your future teammates. And, uh, you know, you just got to be... Uh, just got to be welcoming and uh, um, just introduce yourself to, to whoever's on the team and whoever you meet and uh, try and get to know everybody. And, you know, personally, I like to I like to know people on a more personal level and get to know them as a, as a person, not just, you know, a baseball player. From the standpoint of, of on-field performance, obviously coaches are, are a big part of that. Um, how quickly can you feel comfortable with, with a new coaching staff after being with people who had, had seen you and, and, and knew your game? Yeah, it's different for sure, but um, they were very welcoming, um, welcomed me into the clubhouse uh, pretty easily. So, uh, you know, Terry called me right after the trade and, and uh, GM Chris, and, you know, let me know they were excited to have me and uh, just excited to be here. Uh, obviously, you look for opportunity. What do you know about the opportunity here and then how do you approach things trying to, to earn a spot on the club and, and maybe some playing time with that? I know there's a lot of good young talent, especially in the outfield, and uh, a lot of good guys too. Um, getting to know them, you know, around the around the locker room and on the field and stuff. Uh, I think we got a pretty special group of, of young outfielders here, and I, I think we can do something special. I was talking to uh, your former teammate, who is now your current teammate, because he was in the same trade. But uh, Max Moroff was was mentioning uh, you did have some familiarity, or at least he did, because the Indians and the Pirates had teams in the minor leagues in the same leagues. Uh, familiar faces because of that uh, for you, or, or were you f far enough past that where it wasn't really a factor? Yeah, definitely. Definitely been playing these guys for a handful of years now, and, you know, we've gone to battle a few times with those guys, and, uh, you know, it's just good to finally meet them in person rather than just know them as that baseball player you're playing against. Um, you know, a lot of good guys, and they've been uh, super welcoming for me. Uh, certainly a story that, that came up as soon as you were acquired by the Indians, uh, you had a family member uh, way back when who, who played for the Tribe back in the late 50s, early 60s, 
Al Luplo. Um, how much have, have you kind of gotten up to speed on, on his impact with the Indians and, and how he fared here? And um, what was your reaction when you, you started to learn more about that? Yeah, I only get that question when I come East Coast because uh, I think he played for a lot of East Coast teams. And, uh, you know, it was funny. He ended his career as a Pirate, and I started mine. And then I get, you know, traded to the Indians, and he was with the Indians. So it's just been kind of funny so far. Um, but I actually, at Tribe Fest, I got a lot of comments and a lot of, uh, um, you know, people telling their stories about watching him and what he's done and about some famous catch he did at Fenway, apparently, and, uh, you know, the greatest catch nobody saw because there's no cameras or anything out there. But, um, yeah, I've heard a lot about him since coming over to the Indians, and that's it's, it's really cool to hear. And uh, just circling back, um, early impressions of this team, um, I know the Pirates had aspirations to, to reach the postseason, and, and it's been, it was challenging the last couple of years for them, but uh, the Indians certainly have aspirations to get back for a fourth straight season. Uh, what's been the feeling for you around this clubhouse, expectations, things that you hear from Terry Francona and things like that? Well, I know, uh, I know these guys aren't too happy with the last couple of years, how it's turned out, but, um, you know, hopefully I can help them out and, you know, we can uh, do something a little more special and, and, you know, finish this thing right. But um, I know there's a winning culture over here and everybody acts like it. Everybody knows what they got to do to get ready for the day and get ready to, to win ball games. It's Jordan Luplo, Indians outfielder, trying to be a part of this club on opening day. Stay tuned. When we come back, we will talk to a pitcher who will be a part of that tribe bullpen come opening day. We're talking about veteran Dan Otero. That's coming your way next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Jim Rosenhouse back with you on Tribe Talk as we join you from the Indian Spring Training Complex in Goodyear, Arizona. And don't forget, if you want to listen to our show, several ways to do it. You can tune in, as you may be right now, live on the weekends on the Indians Radio Network. We usually hit the airwaves uh, during spring training anyway, an hour before the broadcast game on that Saturday. And in this case, the Indians will be taking on the Angels with a 4 o'clock airtime from Tempe, the Indians at Diablo Stadium for the first time this spring to take on the Halos, uh, the Halos and uh, we'll have radio coverage for you coming up shortly if you're tuned to this show live. Also, you can pick us up on Indians.com, and they also have the archived editions of Tribe Talk for you each week. And if you want to catch us on iTunes in podcast form, you can do it right there under Cleveland Indians Podcasts on Apple iTunes. Well, the Indians' bullpen starting to take shape here. You know that Brad Hand will be the closer for the Tribe come opening day. And uh, after that, some things up in the air. But certainly there are pitchers who will be a part of it come opening day. And none other than Dan Otero figures to be a big part of that Tribe bullpen. As at the age of 34 on opening day, Otero will be beginning Another season of pro baseball that dates back to the 2007 campaign after the Giants had drafted him in the 21st round of the 07 draft. He began his pro career out in the uh, Northwest League, a long way away from uh, where he grew up in the Miami area, out in Oregon with the Giants' uh, single-A team out there. And uh, it's been a winding road for him. And finally, some consistency in the major leagues with the Indians the last three years even with a subpar year by his standards last year, his three-year season totals with the Indians in 175 games, 
Otero's 10 and 2 with an earned run average of 3.09. And again, he figures to be a, a part of that tribe bullpen, bridging the gap between that outstanding starting rotation and their closer, Brad Hand. And when we visited with Dan Otero uh, a little while back here in spring training, he talked about just how excited he was to still be playing this game when you consider what the odds were when he first broke in. I remember there was a story back in 2008 was my first spring training, minor league spring training, and it was over on the backfields of the Indian school, uh, old town, Giants minor league complex. And my dad was in town, and he goes, you guys look like a bunch of little ants running around, because there was like 150 players sprinting from station to station. He's like, you guys are all going to make the big leagues? And I'm like, probably not. And so from that point on, I was kind of like, wow, this is, this is going to be hard. And then my first big league camp was 2012, and I was starstruck because it was share, I was sharing a clubhouse with Buster Posey, Madison Bumgarner, uh, Barry Zito, Tim Linscombe, Brian Wilson. So I was kind of like, whoa, this is this is real. Um, and since then, you've become more comfortable. But e even as the years go on, it's still exciting and very fortunate to be in this position. You mentioned uh, the great teams that you were a part of with the Giants, and you've been with really good teams here too. Uh, do you ever think about that? Because uh, there's certain players who maybe play a whole career as long as yours, and they never go to the postseason. Maybe teams that are below 500. Do you ever think that I'm fortunate to be oh, in very, certain spots? Oh, very, very lucky. I think I've only, I think I've only been a part of one team that hasn't made the playoffs, and you know I count my blessings every day with that because there are some guys that go their whole careers without even getting into the playoffs. You know, I remember back in 2014 with Oakland, it was Adam Dunn's last season, and we picked him up in uh, August. After the non-waiver trade deadline, he had never been to the playoffs in his whole career. 450 homers, you know, great career, never been to the playoffs. And we got in on the last day to the wild card, and here's this 6'5", 270-pound man, you know, very emotional in the clubhouse. And it was crazy. It kind of put things in perspective that this guy has never been to the playoffs. So it kind of it makes you really appreciate what you do have. And, you know, I don't want to take it for granted, and I hopefully nobody in this clubhouse does because we're very fortunate to be a good ball club. That would be the follow-up. Uh, they've been to the postseason uh, the last three years, won the division. Uh, but I think sometimes from a fan's perspective, it's almost taken for granted. Uh, how do you guard against that and, and really make sure you focus on trying to get back? Well, I know we don't take it for granted, and sometimes it's, it's kind of not sad, but it kind of stinks to see the fans take it for granted and they get mad at us when we don't go further, but it's really hard. You know, it's really hard to win your division. It doesn't matter what division you're in. It's a 162-game season, 180 games. It can be long. It can be grueling. So to be able to do it three years in a row is, impre is an impressive feat, and hopefully the fans appreciate that. I know we do, and we don't take it for granted, and we know this year is going to have more obstacles for us. We don't know what they're going to be. We don't know if it's going to be injury-related. We don't know if it's going to be other teams pushing us. We have no idea, but we have to be ready from day one, and it started two days ago as a full, first full-squad workout. And, I know everybody's chomping at the bit to get back to start the regular season and see where it takes us this year. Dan Otero joining us, Tribe Reliever. Uh, Dan, when you look at your season last year compared to your first two here... Uh, I'm looking at that season <laughs> last year. So what do you do to, to try and get back to where you were? Were there some things that you were able to identify and, and bring into play here this spring? Yeah, I mean, I joke around not looking at last season, but you do. I, I do look at it, and I, I want to embrace it. You know, I didn't have a great year. I gave up a lot of home runs. That's no secret. It was the most I think I've given up in my career by a long shot. You know, so I wanted to look at everything else. If everything else fell into place, and they kind of did. I still got ground balls. 
uh, didn't walk that many guys. Maybe I need to walk some more guys so they don't hit the three-run home runs, three-run count home runs. Uh, but it, it's a lot of minor things. It's not a complete overhaul. Baseball is such a funny game, and you know sometimes you do need a little bit of good fortune, but sometimes you do need to get better. And I need to execute a lot better in the zone. You know, I wasn't commanding my pitches as well as I needed to last year within the zone. You know, I think I only had four or five walks on the year, but I probably should have had eight or nine by not giving in to hitters. You know, so we've talked a little bit about that, and just tightening up some other pitch, other pitches. Nothing crazy, but I do want to be aware of it. So, you know, I try not to let it happen again. When you look at preparing for a season, obviously you look at those things. There's the physical aspect to it. Uh, how different are things now at this stage of your career, getting ready for a season? Not only the physical standpoint, but uh, you have a growing family, mm -hmm. so it's probably different than it was when, when you first broke in. What are the challenges that, that you have now to make sure you're prepared? You know, along the physical side, I'm getting older, so I feel like it takes me longer to get warmed up, especially in this cold weather. Uh, but yeah, you know, one thing we had to talk about this year as a family was school. You know, our oldest daughter is almost in kindergarten. She'll start kindergarten in August, and this year she's in pre-K along with our three-year-old. So my family doesn't want to be here all the time. You know, so my wife wants to keep them in school. You know, so that's something we have to talk about for the first time this year, which has changed some things. I love having them around. You know, it's always fun coming home from the field after you give up a home run to have your girls run into your arms no matter what, you know. So <clears throat> it is going to be a little different. When I first broke in, we didn't have any kids, but it's amazing. And having them love you no matter what you do on the field makes it all the, the best in the world. Uh, getting back to the team, Obviously, some changes in the off season, and, and we've talked about it with just about everybody. Uh, what's your outlook when when you look in there about the changes? Uh, can it be a positive when when there is some turnover, especially for a team that that didn't have a whole lot for an extended period of time? Well, changes happen every year, you know, whether you think it happens or not. But every year, the personality of the team changes. Even if it's the same group of guys, the personality of the team changes. Now, this year we do have some new faces, and we have some old faces coming back, like Santana. And I think you, it is a positive. It's not that can it be a positive, it has to be a positive. Because no matter who's in that clubhouse, there's a reason why they're in that clubhouse. It's because the front office values them as contributors to the team. And we have to trust that and we have to go get on board with that from day one. And I think everybody has, you know. We, we can't waste our time talking about who we don't have here and we have to talk about who we do have here. And it's an exciting time because there's a lot of new faces, whether it's in the outfield, whether it's behind the plate, or whether it's in the bullpen. You know, our starting rotation is still intact, and that's one of the best in the game. So everybody else has to kind of come together and mesh and make sure we're all pulling in the right direction. I know it hasn't been too long, but uh, just some of the new arms in the pen, there'll be a lot of turnover there. Uh, what have you seen so far, and, and what have you liked? Everybody says there's a lot of turnover, but there's really maybe not that as much as people think because everybody had been around. You know, Edwards was up last year, Ramirez was up last year, Perez was there last year, Handel was there last year, Simber was there last year, Goody had a dominant 2018 season, Olsen had a dominant 2017, sorry, 2017 seasons. You know, so everybody's kind of already been there. They might be in different roles, but, you know, roles are roles, and whenever that phone rings, we have to be ready to pitch. You know, and then they brought in some new, some new possible pieces to the puzzle, like Alex Wilson's had a great career in Detroit, you know, so we expect him to help out a lot. Justin Grimm's had an unbelievable. That's had some unbelievable success in the big leagues. So there's a lot of good pieces there, and you know, yes, we lose some guys, but everybody's already had a taste of success in the big leagues. So whenever that happens, I think it makes it easier. 
and along those lines, bullpen, overall team, uh, how long does it take a, a team to gel? Is it different for every group and to yeah, come you together? Never, you never know. You never know. Each team's different. It could take one. It could take one day. It may take until the middle of May. It could take into August. You know, it's up to it's up to us and that clubhouse to come together. More, more often than not, it probably waits until the season starts and you get on that first, you know, road trip, first long road trip, or you know, first stretch of the season where something may not be going right, and that's when you kind of see if the team's going to come together or pull apart. And we have to be able to come together in those times, and I think we will because I think we have some natural leaders in there, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Always fun to chat with Dan Otero about uh, not just uh, his career, but uh, baseball in general, and uh, certainly very excited about this Indians ball club heading into the season. When we come back, we'll be joined by Terry Francona, the tribe manager, met with the media yesterday to talk about the latest round of roster cuts, and uh, we'll hear that when we return after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Swung on, hit high, and deep to left field. It's got a chance. It is gone for Trace Thompson. He's one of those athletes. And Thompson has his first home run of the spring. Trace Thompson has never been challenged about his athletic ability or his ability to play the outfield. Can he hit enough? Can he make this ball club as a right-handed guy? Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment from the Indians' Goodyear Spring Training Complex. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. Great to have you with us, and uh, we'll have Tribe Baseball on the radio in just a little bit now. If you're tuned to this show live on uh, Saturday, the Indians taking on the Angels over in Tempe. Mike Clevenger will get the start for the Indians today, and I'll be joined by Andre not today. Hammy has the day off. He'll be back tomorrow, but uh, Andre will fill in today on the broadcast. <laughs> Well, yesterday the Indians announced their third round of roster cuts for the spring. And uh, no surprises yesterday, but uh, some other players not officially uh, a part of that roster reduction, but they were informed of their status and uh, some injury updates too. But uh, in terms of the the paper moves that were made affecting uh, several players heading to minor league camp, Ernie Clement, who had uh, such a fine spring. Daniel Johnson, the same for the outfielder. Mark Mathias had a very impressive spring. Also, Henry Martinez and Josh Smith, a couple of pitchers who, um, in limited time, uh, showed something. And uh, it'll be interesting because, as you'll hear from Terry Francona in a little bit, uh, these were easy discussions to have because of how well those young players performed and where they are in their careers right now. So let's listen in to uh, Tito's meeting with the media yesterday here in Goodyear. We optioned Chi Wei Hu and explained to him that we asked, we usually ask the guys their take on camp, and he said, I didn't pitch very well. And we're like, well, the, the three innings you threw in March, nobody's going to remember come June, July, or August. And he understood that. He got a pretty good feel for for himself. So in fairness to him, he needs to start going to get stretched out. So that's what he's so he'll, that's what he's doing. Um, the next guy's Josh Smith. Uh, we we kind of tried to explain to him because he pitched early and he didn't pitch for a while because we had you know we, we just start running out of innings, and we tried, we made sure we explained to him that that inning or two that maybe he missed wasn't you know I mean we have three lefties that are pretty good. We need him to go pitch because what he 
you know, we wanted to get to know him, get to see what, you know, like his slot, things like that, and just make sure that he understands that what he does during the season is what we go on, not two or three innings in spring training. And he was terrific. Then the next three guys were actually as fun of meetings as I think I've ever had was Ernie Clement, Daniel Johnson, and Mark Mathias, because they all three were young guys that came to camp non-roster. And the reason they played so much is not because of whether they hit or not, was because they how they approached the game and how they respected whatever inning they were put in. They just played like they it was their last inning. And so that's, and I told them that. I said, that's why you guys played so much. And they were really fun to have in camp. In, we would have actually liked to keep them. In fairness to them, they need to go play. You guys are coming up on some, be having some tough conversations in the next few weeks too. Just kind of the other side of the coin to have some pleasant conversations. Yes, because I actually told the guys this morning in our 930, I said, hey, we know anxiety builds as numbers get smaller and we get closer to leaving. Because I actually said, me, Carl, and Millsy, the three that are there, we know, we've been through it over and over. We understand it, so we'll do the best we can to be, you know, conscientious about it and talk about, you know, what. Just, just we know the closer you get, it gets harder. Oh, the other name we left out is uh, we talked to uh, Matt Joyce and told him he was not going to make the team. Told him to take a day, talk to his agent. We wanted to do it early enough where maybe he, you know, his agent can talk to some other teams, uh, and then we'll see what happens from there. Um, I think if it was in the season, he'd play. He's just a little bit tight. I just don't see the, you know, I mean, I, I'm not thrilled about him missing the at-bats because I want him to get going, but I just don't think you push those types of things in March. Um, he had a he had a scan, and he's gonna be no throw. I think for ten to fourteen days. Actually, James is supposed to send out. He was actually supposed to do it yesterday. He didn't do it. Um, James will put out a timetable, and obviously that goes by the twentieth. So they're working. They're working on that. I think his actually his representative was here yesterday just trying to figure out how we could do this because we really want to keep him. Lindor come out good after the last two days? Yes. Actually, yesterday I, th- I just got a feeling it was a little bit of a, you know how sometimes the days aren't the greatest, but then he went down the game, he hit a home run, and he showed up today feeling good. Any closer on the uh, opening day starter? Is that something you're still holding off on? You were holding off. It's either going to be Kluber or, or Trevor. And, they, and Carl's talked to all of them. Uh, you know, like I said, we want to have Trevor in between Carrasco and Kluber. Um, we're just trying, we're just, they know it's going to be one of the two. And the way it's situated, we can do whatever we want. So a lot going on at the complex yesterday, and uh, that figures to be the case now as we head into that last week of spring training starting on Monday. That's right. That'll be the last full week that the Indians are here in Arizona, so look for a lot of moves next week 
as uh, we get closer to that time where the Indians have to get the roster down to 25. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll join you next week, our last show from here in spring training. And uh, then things wind down and we hit the road and get ready for the season to open in Minneapolis on March the 28th. Thanks to Brian Matze, as always, for helping to put together this week's show. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.